Today, we're in part four of this brand new series that we've just started in the, in the book of James. And the book of James is all about just doing what the Word of God tells you to do. The Bible in the, in the book of James tells us to be not just hearers of the Word, but to be doers of the Word. And so in this series, we're just saying, God, what are you telling us to do? Because even though it's really, really good to know the Word of God, it's even better to do it. Because that's when you really begin to experience the abundant life that Jesus has promised to you. And as we want to talk about this morning, that's when you begin to experience victory over temptation whenever it hits you. When you begin to do the Word of God, not just know it, but you begin to live it. When temptation hits you, you can have victory in your life. So today I want to talk with you about doing what God says to do when temptation hits you. When temptation comes at you, kind of like Hurricane Harvey's hitting South Texas right now, all right? Isn't that how temptation comes? Man, just quickly, out of the blue, not a whole lot of warning, boom, temptation is right there. And it's hitting your life and it's coming at you with great force. And sometimes we don't know what to do to stop losing to temptation and instead, start winning when you are tempted. To start overcoming when you're tempted. Now, this message, I believe, is for every one of us. Not one of us in this room is exempt. Because you and I are going to be tempted until the day we die. You know that, right? We're going to be tempted until the day we die. In the very beginning of time, Adam and Eve were tempted. When Jesus came to earth, even Jesus himself was tempted so we're going to be tempted until the day we die. Now, last week, we learned that God may allow you to go through some tests, some trials, some problems to develop you. But today, we need to understand this, that Satan will come in this life, and he will tempt you not to develop you, but to destroy you, to draw you away from God and to destroy you. The Bible says this, James chapter 1, verse 13. Look at it in your Bible or on the screen. The Bible says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Ever since Satan tempted Adam and Eve, he has continued to tempt the people of God with great success. He's caused many believers to fall into sin again and again. And the reason he tempts is that he's constantly trying to draw God's creation away from God the Creator. Now listen, Satan doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about me. He only cares about drawing you and me away from God. He's in this battle this war with God the Father. Now, in Genesis, the Bible tells us that Satan is the tempter. Here in James, the Bible tells us that God is never the tempter. So today, in this life, in this world, Satan is allowed to tempt. But folks, you need to understand, his day of tempting is going to come to an end. But until that day, we've got to learn how to stand firm when we are tempted to sin, to fall away from God. The Bible says this, 
Jesus says this, in this world you will have troubles. And that word troubles can be translated trials, tests, temptations. You're going to have troubles. Then Jesus says, but do not fear. Take heart. I have overcome the world. And who lives in you? Jesus. And if Jesus lives in you, can you overcome the world? Amen. You can. Okay? So he says, I have overcome the world, and so can you. Now, during your lifetime, you're going to be tempted in many, many different ways. In fact, Satan experiments on you. Do you know he does experiments on you? He experiments on you until he finds your weakness. And then he tempts you in that same way time after time. And he does it especially, maybe you've noticed this, when you are exhausted. (laughs) When you are too tired to resist. So the question this morning is this, what should you do? And the answer is, you should choose to win ahead of time if you want to win time after time. I'm going to say that again. You should choose to win ahead of time if you want to win time after time. It's like this. If you don't want to get stung, you got to choose ahead of time to stay away from the bees. Amen? If you don't want to get burned, you got to choose ahead of time to stay away from the fire. If you don't want to fall off a cliff, you've got to choose ahead of time to stay away from the edge of the cliff. Your goal should never be to see how close you can get to that temptation but not fall. Instead, you should see how far away you can stay. Because the Bible says this, a wise man, look at this, is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is arrogant and careless. The Bible says, take your stand against the devil's schemes. Stand your ground. Stand firm. The Bible says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, under tests, under temptations, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. So listen really close as we begin. When tempted, you've got a choice to either overcome it or to be overcome by it. That's your choice. You, you, can, you can choose to win or you can choose to fall into sin. That's a choice we all have. So how do you choose to win? Well, there are three things you can choose to do ahead of time and every time you're tempted to win when you're tempted to sin. First one is this. Write this down. When you're tempted, choose your reward. Choose your reward. Before your temptation strikes, you need to choose what reward you want to receive at the end of this life. What is that reward you want to receive? Then as you walk the streets of life and voices call out to you to leave your walk with God for simply a moment of pleasure, there'll be no decision to make. You've already chosen your your reward. You've already made your choice. You've already chosen to enjoy the eternal reward promised to you by Jesus. So first, what should you choose? Choose this. Write this down. Choose the crown of life. Choose the crown of life. When tempted, choose the crown of life over the temporary pleasures in life. The Bible says this. God blesses the people who patiently endure testing. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And then Jesus says beyond that, to him who overcomes, 
I will give the right, look at this, to sit with me on my throne. Everybody say, wow. Think about that. Here's Jesus on his throne. Larry, come sit with me. Whoa, are you kidding me? Paul, come sit with me. He says, those of you in this life who overcome sin, who live for me, I'm going to give you the right to come sit down with me. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about God. We're talking about his throne in heaven. He says, I'm going to give you the right to come sit with me in my throne just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Say wow with me again. That's just wow. That's good enough to just go home and contemplate. We're going to sit with our Savior and our Lord for eternity. So choose the crown of life. When that temptation hits, you've already chosen your reward. It's the crown of life forever. Next, choose the good and perfect gifts. The Father has good and perfect gifts for all of his children. The Bible says this, no one who wants to do wrong should ever say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong. He never tempts anyone else either. Temptation comes from the lure of our own evil desires. These evil desires lead to evil actions, and evil actions lead to death. So in this scripture, we find out that God is never the tempter. Satan is always the tempter. So when our evil inner desires cause us to linger and to look at the bait, whatever it is that Satan is dangling before us, that's when temptation is on. We linger, we look at the bait, that's when temptation is on. And so then if we have not chosen ahead of time to wait on God's good and perfect gifts, we're just going to reach out and take Satan's bait. I mean, it looks good, and it's right there, and it's going to be a quick enjoyment and pleasure, so we just reach out and take the bait. But if we've chosen ahead of time, no, I'm going to wait for God to fulfill my deepest longing and my deepest need for pleasure. So I'm going to wait. But if we take his bait, our actions will be sinful, our actions will be evil, and our choice puts us on a path not towards life, but towards death and eternal destruction. The Bible says this, so don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever good and perfect, uh, whatever is good and perfect comes to us from God above, who created all heaven's lights. God created all the, the lights we see in the, in the starry sky. But those lights, they fade, they shift, they change course. But then the Bible says, but unlike them, he never changes or casts shifting shadows. Our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he promises to give us good and perfect gifts. And he's never going to tempt us. He's never going to do stuff to hurt us. The Bible is telling us that God is never the tempter. God is the gift giver. And his gifts will satisfy your deepest longings in ways, though, that are perfect, that are good, that are holy, that are righteous. So listen, if God is on the throne of your life, you will begin to fill your longings with his gifts. But if you are on the throne of your life, you will choose to gratify your longings with quick, temporary substitutes that are not good and perfect. And so the key to overcoming is choosing way ahead of time. The key to overcoming is choosing this morning before you walk out of these doors. It's choosing ahead of time what reward you deep down in your soul desire. 
Is it the crown of life? If it is, good. It's what it should be. Is it God's good and perfect gifts? Or is your reward Satan's quick substitutes? What reward do you want to get? When tempted, first, choose your reward. Second, when tempted, choose your Lord. Choose your Lord. That's the bottom line to overcoming. That's the bottom line to winning when tempted. When you are on the throne of your life, your desires are in control. And your desires are going to lead you towards sin and toward satanic influence and satanic control. It leads to wrong thoughts. When you've got the wrong ruler on the throne, it's going to lead you to wrong thoughts, wrong actions, wrong habits, wrong attitudes, even satanic strongholds. When you are on the throne, you will choose to meet your desires and your longings in ways that are sinful, and then they leave you, though, with guilt and trouble in your relationships and pain and depression. You see, when you're on the throne, your heart swells with pride. Look what I've done. Look at who I am. When you're on the throne, your mind is easily deceived. You get confused. This looks good. It doesn't seem so wrong. It doesn't seem so bad. When you're on the throne, your soul is saturated with lust and greed and envy and all of those kind of things. When you are on the throne, your strength becomes self-serving and insufficient for serving God. But listen, when Jesus is on the throne of your life, just the opposite happens. When Jesus is on the throne, your heart is humble before God. You realize that you're not perfect, that you don't have all the answers, that you're not all it. And so your heart is humble before God and you experience his overwhelming grace in your life. When Jesus is on your throne, your mind is focused on his word and you're stabilized by the truth of his word. So when Satan dangles some kind of bait, you say, no, no, it looks good and it might be fun for a little bit, but it's taking me down the wrong road. So I'm going to stand firm over here. Your mind is stabilized by his word. When he's on the throne, your soul desires to express love to others, and you're saturated by his love. You just got love saying, I want to help everybody. When he's on the throne, your strength is used for his glory, and you're filled with his power for serving him. So the question is, this is the big question this morning, who is on the throne of your life right now? Who do you want to be on the throne of your life this morning? Here's the bottom line. If Jesus is your Lord, you will overcome. If God is on the throne of your life, you'll find yourself praying, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. And when you pray that, you'll actually mean it. You won't be just going praying that prayer rope because you maybe grew up reciting that prayer. No, you'll mean it. Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. And you'll mean it. The reason Jesus teaches you to pray, lead me not into temptation, is to get your attitude in line with his attitude. To get your will in line with, with his will. To get your heart to feel about sin the way his heart feels towards sin. Here's a Larry quote. Write this down somewhere in your, on, on your outline. He desires that you not desire to flirt with evil desires. Try to make that as simple as I can to drive it home. His desire is that you not desire to flirt with evil desires. Write that down. Now, when I say something this morning, did you get it? 
Shout back at me. Got it. All right. Did you get it? Are you sure? All right. <laughs> he desires that you not desire to flirt with evil desires. You need to put Jesus on the throne of your life. And then you need to ask him to create in you and maintain in you a clean heart. And then when you're tempted, you will dig your heels into the ground and you will not be moved. Now, some of you have known us, for, uh, Shirley and I, for a long, long time. And some of you know that when our kids were young uh, and we were much younger, uh, we had a dog. I don't have a dog anymore. And all of God's people said, amen. <laughs> we had a dog in our house. It was a little black cocker spaniel for years. His name was Ashes. And Ashes was really one of those fair weather California kinds of dogs. Ashes, he didn't like bad weather. And so you let the, the rain clouds roll in and you let the, the wind kind of start to gust. And there was Ashes at the back slider door and he said, you know, let me in. Well, Ashes was not a house dog. We didn't let him run the house. We would let him into the garage, you know, and weather got bad and those kind of things. But he wasn't a house dog. And so there he was, he'd be scratching to get in. And so we'd let him in the garage. But he was such a fair weather dog that if it rained for 40 days and 40 nights, he still wouldn't put one paw outside that garage door. I mean, you could, you could leave the garage door open for days, and he would not step out in that weather. You could put his food bowl out there. He would starve and not put one paw outside. You could do everything in your power to get him to go outside, and he would not go outside in bad weather. And so one day, I, 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 I tried to coax him a little bit, and, and so I tried to, you know, take his collar and just kind of try to lead him out, and he, what Ashes do, he would sit back on all four paws, and he would just, you know, kind of go in four-paw reverse, you know, four-paw reverse. And so I'd try to then to pull him out, and he would just go backwards even further, and he just would not go out into that kind of weather. He wouldn't go. So listen really close. Here's the truth. Ashes resisted the pull when it was going in a different direction than his great goal. We need to let that sink in. And when God is on the throne of your life, your will is to do his will, and you will resist any other pull. Amen? You'll go into four-paw drive reverse. <laughs> And you can't be pulled in that direction. But if you, now look at this, but if you are your Lord, you'll do just the opposite. You'll be overcome. If you are on the throne, you'll be dragged away from the will of God, tempted by the bait that Satan is dangling in front of you, and you will fall into sin. If you are on the throne of your life, there's no way you can overcome and win. And so on this day, you need to choose who is going to be your Lord. Is it you or is it Jesus? When tempted, you need to choose your reward. You need to choose your Lord. And then last this morning, when tempted, you got to choose a sword. Choose your reward, choose your Lord, and then choose your sword. Choose a weapon that you can use when you're facing the battle of your life. Choose a portion of God's word and a weapon that works for you. I want to share with you this morning six weapons real quickly that you can use to fight the tempter and your temptations. First of all, write this down. Get clean on the inside. 
The first weapon you can use against the tempter is to every morning or every night before you go to bed or whenever it, God puts this on your heart is to get squeaky clean on the inside. Just let God evaluate every part of your life and get squeaky clean on the inside. The Bible says this, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. The Bible goes on to say, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. How do you use this tool of being clean and pure to fight temptation? Well, on a daily basis, you just need to make sure that you are squeaky clean on the inside and that you have this desire to stay that way with God all throughout the day. Years ago, uh, a friend's pastor uh, wrote a book. His name is Richard Foster, and he's now written many, many books, Celebration of Discipline and, and on and on. I don't know all the titles. But in that book, he, he writes about this, and he was sharing with us and some other pastors about it one time, about a way to get squeaky clean. And so I use this in my life all the time. And so here's, here's the, uh, the way you can do this. You just pretend that in the ends of all your fingers, you've got a cork. And then in the ends of all your toes, you've got a cork. And you just get alone with God and, and you just get in a private place and then just imagine yourself pulling out each cork. All right? And you go through every finger. This helps you settle you down and get in God's presence too. And you just see yourself pulling out every cork in your fingers. Then you go to your toes, pull out every cork there. And just imagine all the things in your life that are unpleasing to God, whatever it might be, and it might be something horribly sinful, or it might be just you just haven't been as close to God as you should have been, or you haven't been reading His Word. And you just let all of that yuck like a black liquid just flow out the ends of your fingers and out the ends of your toes. And you just watch that black, ugly, unpleasing stuff just get completely out of your system until the last drop falls out of this finger, that finger, and it goes down to your toes. There's nothing left. And then you say, Lord Jesus... You are the living water. Come and just wash me. And then you just imagine Jesus, the living water, just treating you like a, a dishwasher. And he's just going through every part of your being, and he's just washing you out and cleansing you out. And then you just watch all that water go out every finger and every toe. And then you imagine yourself putting back in every single cork, one by one. And there you are, pure and clean. Then imagine opening up the top of your head and saying, Spirit of the living God, come fill me. Come have every part of me. And the Bible says, Spirit of God, that you are like a fire. If there's anything still left to me that's not pleasing to you, come burn up any chaff, any, anything that's sinful, just completely, Spirit of the living God, fill me and with your fire, purify me. So just imagine the fire of the Holy Spirit just, just filling your whole life. And then the fire calms down, and there you are, squeaky clean. And then quickly, <laughs> then you close the lid. And there you are, squeaky clean in the presence of God. And then you say, God, help me to live this day, the rest of this day, in a way that's pleasing unto you. When we do that, when we get squeaky clean, 
we align our hearts and our will with God the Father, then Satan doesn't stand a chance. And all God's people said, amen. He doesn't stand a chance when you do stuff like that. Next, tool you can use is just say no. <laughs> you just, the tempter comes, he hits you with something, you just say no. Just no. The Bible says this. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared. That's talking about Jesus. Appeared to all men. It, his grace, shown to us through Jesus, teaches us to say no to ungodliness and no to worldly passion and to live a self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness, and here it is, and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, people eager to do what is good, righteous, holy. So like Jesus did on earth when he was tempted, just say no to stay clean and pure. And for Jesus, just say no to stay pure because he went to the cross to do what? To redeem you, to buy you back from this world. He went to the cross to purify you. And so he wants you to be one of his pure people. So be one of his peeps, amen? Be one of his pure peeps. God, I'm yours. You have all of me. I've surrendered to you. You are my Lord. I am yours. You are mine. I am one of your people. And so the next time that Satan comes at you, you just say no. And you walk another direction. You change the channel. You do whatever. Just say no. Another tool you can use is this. Find the escape hatch. When tempted, look for God's way out. Because God always provides a way out. He promises that and he does that. The Bible says this. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can stand up under it. So God always provides a way out, but you also must stay out of dangerous places. That's your responsibility. Again, the Bible says a wise man is cautious. He turns away from evil, but a fool is arrogant and careless. Oh, I won't hurt once. No, a wise man is cautious. A fool thinks he can handle temptation, but he can't. So listen, you don't go to a bar to eat pretzels. <laughs> you know that. So stay out of those dangerous places. You need to analyze when you are most tempted, where you are most tempted, and then stay away from those dangerous places. I mean, when you're tempted, you've got to maybe remove yourself from that location or that situation. When Potiphar's wife was seducing Joseph, what did he do? He split. He ran. He got out of the situation. He didn't stick around. And when you're tempted, maybe you do need to get up and change the channel. Maybe you do need to turn on some Christian music instead. Maybe you do need to go for a walk or get into the Bible. Maybe you do need to call a Christian friend to pray with you. But do something to break the spell and escape. A few years ago, I was counseling a man. This was years and years ago. Uh, before we ever started Canyon Hills. I was counseling a man who had a serious addiction, and uh, he was going 
every, every day after work, he was going to a dangerous place on his way home from work. And through months and months of working with this man to help him overcome it, I then asked him to call his wife when he left his office. And I then asked him to call her the moment he was walking out the door of his office. Then I asked him to tell her that he'd be home in 10 minutes. Not in an hour, not that he was going to go do some errands on the way home, but he was going to be home in 10 minutes. So he hit the office door, opened his car door, called his wife, said, I'll be home in 10 minutes. I also asked him to take a different route home to not go by that dangerous place anymore. And you know what? He took that counsel. He found an escape hatch, and he chose to stay out of that dangerous place. We need to do the same thing. We've got to find that escape hatch, and God says, I will always provide a way out. Find the escape hatch. Next, write this down. Next tool, use the sunscreen. Use the S-O-N screen in your life. In other words, use the powerful name of God the Son, Jesus, to resist the tempter and the hot temptation that, like the sun, is beating down on you. Use Jesus and his name as a sunscreen to resist the tempter like you use sunscreen to resist the rays of the sun. Cover yourself in the name of Jesus. Let him be your screen. Let him be your shield. Use the name of Jesus as sunscreen. He will shield you from the tempter. The Bible says this, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So whenever you're being tempted, I'd encourage you to do something that I, I do often and I do uh, pray often. When you're coming and, and you're being tempted in any sort of way, I will say in the name of Jesus Christ, Satan, I resist you as it says in the word of James in the, in the Bible and God's word, I resist you in the name of Jesus Christ. I silence you, I gag you, I bind you, and I command you and your forces who follow you to leave this place along with all the schemes and plans you formed against me and my family and Canyon Hills Friends Church and all who come here to worship God. I command you to go silence, gag, bound with your schemes, cast down and fruitless, and I command you to go to the place that Jesus Christ sends you now. Amen? And do not come back except by the heavenly Father's perfect will. In Jesus' name be gone. And then I say, in the name of Jesus Christ, Father, I ask that you send the Holy Spirit to inhabit every square inch of this property and, and, and every moment of these services so that you will have your perfect will done. And so you can, you can pray that in the name of Jesus and he has to flee. You've used the word of God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. You've used the name of Jesus, covered yourself with the sunscreen, and he has to flee. He has to leave you alone. Now, God allows him to come back at different times and in different ways, but you can learn to use which tool works best for you, and you can resist the tempter. The next thing you can do is you can use this tool of bullet prayers. Sometimes you might be in a meeting, and you... You know, you're in the middle of a conference and a meeting at work, and you just can't go, no! <laughs> or you can't say something out loud in the name of Jesus. So what do you do? Well, you fire a bullet prayer, and it could even be under your breath, and you just say, protect me, Lord. Or you can say like Peter prayed as he stepped out of the boat, help, <laughs> help. 
And it doesn't have to be grand or, or anything super special. You can just pray a silent prayer because God says this, Call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. This is a tool that you can use. It's a simple bullet prayer. And then last this morning, here's the last tool. Hit back. <laughs> when Satan hits you, you hit back. There's no scripture reference for this one, but I found that it works. Hit the tempter back by praying for others. Satan hates nothing more when you begin praying for other people. So when you're tempted, pray for somebody else who maybe you know is tempted in the same way as you are. Pray for them to resist. Pray for them to be strong in the Lord. And as you pray for God's will to be done in others, you will come in line with God's will for you. So you just hit back and you start praying for other people. God, help them resist. Help them to be strong. And me too, God, but help them. <laughs> and you hit back and it works. Here's the bottom line. When tempted, you have a choice to be overcome by it or to overcome it. When you are tempted every single time, you can choose to win or you can choose to fall into sin. But when you are tempted, if you'll just choose God's reward, like you've already been doing here this morning in your hearts, if you will choose Jesus as your Lord, and if you'll take one of these swords and choose to use that sword, you will win. You will win. Now, Jesus Christ asked this question, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? And I'd like, to, I'd like to change that this way. And what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? He gets all the stuff of life here, but he loses his reward of the crown of life. What's it going to profit him if he loses Jesus, life in heaven for all eternity, forgiveness of God? What's that profit a man if he loses his reward? What I want to caution you about is this. Losing your reward, the crown of life, happens by yielding to one temptation at a time. Satan is pretty sly. It happens one temptation at a time until suddenly your heart is hardened and then your mind is confused. You start to believe Satan's lies that it won't hurt until your soul is troubled and your spiritual strength is failing. And then Satan's job of stealing and destroying your reward, the crown of life, is closer to being finished. One temptation at a time will bring us to that place. So we've got to learn as a church family, as followers of Jesus, how to deal with those temptations that come at us every day. Many times a day. So I want to close with the most important questions of your life this morning. A lot of questions were asked, but these are the most important questions of your life. Question number one is this. What do you want your final reward to be? Crown of life? Okay. Then who's going to be your Lord? Jesus? Okay then what sword are you going to use to win the battle against sin? Don't go another day without choosing your reward, your Lord, and some sword. Because, folks, your 
crown of life, your reward, my crown of life, depends upon our choices. Are you going to choose your reward, your Lord, and a sword? Would you bow with me for prayer? As I pray this prayer, would you repeat it in your heart? Lord Jesus, I choose today to win my battle against sin. I choose the crown of life as my reward. I choose Jesus as my Lord. And I choose to use an effective sword to overcome the tempter. Dear Heavenly Father, we know and we understand that as long as we have breath, we're going to be tempted. And Father, you know our struggle. Lord Jesus, you know our struggle. And yet, you don't want us to be up and down followers. You want us to be pure. You're calling us to purity. You're calling us to holiness and righteousness. So, Lord Jesus, give us the strength to choose you as Lord. Give us the strength as we pick up our sword to wield it with effectiveness. Help us to beat down every temptation that comes our way and keep standing firm in our faith and following you. I pray in the name of Jesus, the powerful name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, Amen.